You're listening to the Tradecraft Podcast, brought to you by tradecraftshop.co.uk. Hello and welcome to what is a very special edition of the Tradecraft Podcast. Not only is it our landmark 10th episode, we're also bringing you answers to questions like, what does Delhi smell like? Is poverty still a problem in India? And how well is Nepal recovering a year on from the earthquake? My name is Abby Knowles, and joining me to provide some of those all-important answers, we have Tradecraft social media expert, Kate Usher. Hello. And podcast regular, Larry Bush. Hello. Kate's recently back from India, and Larry returned to the office just yesterday, yesterday? Yeah, that's right. From a trip to Nepal, and I'm reliably informed they've got some incredible stories to tell us from those trips. But before we get to that, I've got a question to get us warmed up today. Um, since we're recording this on the 17th of June, which apparently is the official eat your vegetables day. Wow. Apparently that's a real thing, but I'm ashamed to say I've got precisely zero vegetables in my lunch today. The question is, what is your favourite way to eat vegetables? So the challenge is to recommend a dish so good that it might even persuade a vegetable hater to turn from their vegetable hating ways. Okay, what about you? Well, I've got two little boys, um, so it's always a challenge to get... <laughs> greens inside them <laughs> um, but they do love pesto and pasta that's like their favorite oh, thing so good. i came up with this recipe where i basically just fry up some cabbage spring greens oh. and leeks with a bit of butter and garlic and pine nuts and throw that in with some pasta and pesto and they absolutely gobble it up oh, they love it sometimes like i add three a vegetables <laughs> wow it's not bad it's very good that's very good indeed larry what about you have you got a, a recipe well, for us i struggled a little bit with this i, I mean veggies great <laughs> and all that but i'm not a massive fan but um my 17 year old daughter's recently gone veggie so i noticed she kind of blends a lot of veggies into smoothies and stuff so she has these really nice kind of chocolate smoothies with a bit of kale in or something Wow. Um, and they surprise they taste surprisingly good so yeah maybe that's that's the way to go is kind of smuggle the vegetables in without <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think probably i think it sounds a bit silly but until about a year ago i think i thought i didn't like sweet potatoes because mm. i don't know i think i must have had a bad one or something at some point i'm not sure if they actually count as a vegetable but we'll, we'll go for sweet potatoes anyway but then i had this um really amazing sweet potato and lentil bake thing mm. um and it's got like onions and garlic and it's quite spicy but it's mm. quite sort of stodgy as well and it didn't really feel like just eating vegetables so that would be my recommendation that sounds so great. very very nice yeah, recipe yeah. and my dad's veggie as well and i always feel a bit sorry for him when it's sort of sunday dinner time because he's got like a plate full of broccoli so i always think <laughs> well we'll try something different yeah that, that sounds <laughs> good that, so. sweet potatoes are lovely actually yeah. aren't they i yeah. like the sweet yeah. potato chips now as oh well, yeah like not the super healthiest thing in the world, but still. I think they're healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Larry, I think that you might have a bit of, of news for us. Yeah, that's right. Well, we are in the middle of our Justice Matters campaign at the moment, um, where we're really highlighting the fact that Tradecraft is here to try and make the world a more just place. Um, and one big part of that is we're really encouraging people to sign our petition to change the law so that British companies who are working abroad have to treat people fairly in the same way as they do here in the UK. Um, and the great news is we've already got over a thousand people signed up for the petition. Um, you can yeah. sign it online. Um, but also we've got loads of paper petitions out there with fair traders and supporters. Um, and we're really hoping to be able to get a 
big number of people signing this petition. If we can get over 10,000, that's going to really get noticed and MPs are going to have to really sit up and take some action and they'll really see that there's a groundswell of support for this. So it's, we're really encouraged by that uh, start to the petition and we're, we're hoping for some big numbers. So yeah, so some good news there on the Justice Matters petition. So what does the petition actually say, Larry? What are we asking people to sign? Well, the petition is saying... Some irresponsible British companies are abusing or exploiting people around the world and getting away with it. We, the undersigned, call on the government to update the law so that large UK companies can be prosecuted for the most serious cases of causing harm abroad. Um, so that's what we're asking people to sign up for. Um, you can do that online and there are lots of petitions out there. We've got um, copies available that you can download from the website and things. So. Yeah, hoping lots of people sign up. Um, in other news, we've had uh, Robin Roth, who will be our new chief exec from the 1st of October in the building this week. He's been up, up in Gateshead uh, to meet with staff and to just get to know us a little bit better. Uh, so it's been really nice to have him here uh, this week. And uh, yeah, the other thing that's happening at the moment is this time of year, even though it's summer, um, we are really getting ready for autumn. And so we have deliveries just beginning to arrive um, of craft products and uh, products that we've ordered from producers around the world so we have containers parked outside the buildings on some mornings when we're <laughs> offloading beautiful handicrafts from around the world um, and also we're getting ready with the new catalogue and actually um, we've been looking at some of the visuals and the, the spreads from the autumn catalogue which is coming together really nicely so yeah it's quite exciting. <laughs> Um, so Kate Usher, who is our sort of social media guru, is on the podcast today to tell us a little bit about her recent trip to India. Um, so let's talk a bit about your trip. What? Uh, where did you go, firstly? Um, why did you go and what were your first impressions of the place? Okay, so the purpose of the trip was to visit um, Noah's Ark, who are one of our big handicraft producers, and they're based in Muradabad, in sort of the northwestern corner of India. Um, so we, we flew into Delhi, and um, then we sort of took the train to Muradabad, which oh, was wow. an experience <laughs> yeah, in itself, and obviously with it being my first time in India, it was great to kind wow. of experience that. Um, my first impressions of the place were obviously that it was very hot. I think we arrived during a heat wave, so it was around around about forty eight degrees oh, centigrade, oh um, and just really noisy and bustling and frenetic and full of people and full of life, but quite chaotic. So at first, it's a bit of a culture shock that you kind of yeah. have to adjust to. Um, but I was really excited by it all. So yeah. Oh wow. Um, so that all sounds really, really brilliant. But what was your um, what was your low like? What was the thing that made you wonder why on earth am I on this trip? <laughs> to be honest, I, I was quite lucky. There weren't many low points in the trip. And one moment of horror that springs to mind was that we, we went to visit um, one of our uh, one of the workshops that make our keyboards, and this was in quite a remote little village in the countryside, and. It was up a tight, windy street. There was this tiny little workshop. Um, so we all piled in. There was myself and Rod with his camera and <laughs> our guide and our interpreter and all of the people that worked in the workshop and some extra members of family and things like that as well. So it was, it was quite not. <laughs> packed into a small space. It was a really hot day. We were completely exhausted by the heat that day. Um, so it was nice to be in the shade, actually, and take, <laughs> take a bit of shelter from it. Um, but... We kind of had to get all the equipment out and film really quickly because we were on a tight schedule. 
and um, I was sort of standing behind Rod as he was filming and interviewing someone. I think I was holding a piece of light and sort of sound equipment, so I had to stay really quiet and really still, and I was in this kind of sort of like a barn area. And I just looked to my right and saw this ginormous spider crawling up the oh, wall no, right no. beside my face. Oh. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified, but I just kind of let out a silent internal scream <laughs> and carried on. <laughs> And didn't tell Rod because I know Rod's really scared of spiders. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of the low points. But yeah, that was sounds, great. <laughs> sounds pretty terrifying. Can you tell us a bit about Noah's Ark and and what they yeah. do? Um, yeah, so um, Noah's Ark are an amazing company. That they make all kinds of different products from metal products such as garden trowels and decorative garden ornaments and uh, wind chimes and things to. Um, our rubber tyre planters that have been really popular this spring and summer, which are made from recycled car tyres. Um, so they've got absolutely loads of workshops around the Muradabad area um, that do all kinds of things. So I think they've got each of the workshops sort of employ between anywhere between five and 50 people. Wow. Um, but most of the ones we went to were, were fairly small scale. Um, and they sort of, they have an overview of, um, everything that's going on in the workshops, they they have high standards to meet, and mm. um, everyone's really well looked after. You can tell that they really enjoy working for yeah. Noah's Ark, and that they respect, you know, the company, and we get a lot out of it. Um, so it was really nice to meet some of those people and their families as well, and just learn a bit about their lives. Oh um, wow! Um, so maybe that links to the next question. But what was the best moment from your trip? What's the moment you'll take away? Um, so I think memorable moments for me because I love music I always kind of um, <laughs> always kind of linked to some sort of musical experience um, so one day when we were in Delhi we'd been meeting a colleague that day and doing an interview at India Gate um, and we'd had a really sort of long tyrant hot, hot stressful day <laughs> and we're coming to the end of the day in the evening and I think we were both sort of on our last legs and needed to stop fairly quickly to hydrate and get some food because we were just really flagging um, so I said you know we'll just go to the first place that we come to we couldn't really afford to be fussy so we walked into this restaurant and um, it was amazing as soon as we walked in it didn't look much from the outside but we went through this little corridor and out into this courtyard and it was a big open courtyard with a huge tree in the middle that um, was covered in like fairy lights and lanterns um, there was a big barbecue grill in the corner which smelled amazing anyway, <laughs> lovely food um, and then at the far side of the courtyard there was this guy um, playing a flute and another guy singing Indian acoustic music and it was just a really lovely experience <laughs> I, I kind of got goosebumps and I thought this, oh. is, this is like a real taste of India and I think that will always stay with us forever that memory that's a great memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, India is a, a country of great contrasts, and you mentioned sort of the chaos of the urban sort yes. of part of India, and then also the the more rural parts of India. And some people are really wealthy, others are extremely poor. And now that you've been there, what would you say to somebody that said that India, with the resources that it has, should sort its own problems out? Right. Um, well, poverty in India is obviously a very complex and deep rooted problem, and. I think as well as India needing our help to tackle that, um, I also think the country has an awful lot to offer the rest of the world. And we, we actually take a lot from India and have done mm-hmm. over the centuries. And um, when you think about lots of things that we have in Western culture, such as amazing curries and Indian cuisine, <laughs> yeah. yoga, meditation, um, 
you know, holistic therapies and Indian pattern and colour and fabrics and silks and things like that. Um, all of that. And not to mention the amazing handicrafts and, yeah, resources, and resources that the company produces. I think um, if we want to enjoy all that India has to offer, we, we all have a responsibility to support it and help it in becoming a sustainable and stable economy. That's pretty Excellent. I'd agree with that. Just yeah. to, to add, I mean, I think sometimes we talk about India thinking it's a it's a country a bit like Britain. Yeah. It's obviously huge. Yeah. You know, it's, there's it's over a billion so people. The scale and is so the extremes of inequality are, are mm. massive, aren't they? And mm. Sometimes we see the kind of middle class Mumbai, and and it's easy to think, oh, great, India's developed now. You know, we don't have yeah. to worry about yeah. it. But the, the extremes of poverty are huge still, aren't they? And yeah. I think there's so much still to be done. Yeah, exactly. There's absolutely, I think it's something like 270 million people wow. estimated to be living below the poverty line. Gosh. So. It's great, great contrast. Yeah. Isn't it? Really, really stark. That's really interesting. Thanks very much, Kate. That was great to hear a bit about your, your trip, particularly that spider story. I really enjoyed that. We'll surviving the heat. 47 degrees sounds pretty hot. That is insane. So, Larry, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same. Same questions I asked uh, Kate. You've been on a slightly different trip to, to Nepal, I think. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, where you went in Nepal, um, why you went and what you first thought of it. Yeah, well, I've just come back from Nepal a couple of days ago um, and had an amazing visit. It is a spectacular country, which I think you think about the mountains, and, and we did see some mountains. Um, but what may be... Um, you don't realise is the people are equally incredible. It's a huge mix of 80 different ethnic groups um, all combined into one uh, country. Um, but the warmth of the people is, is amazing. It's, it's a beautiful country because of the scenery, but also because of the people. Um, and the reason we went there is we have worked, Tradecraft has worked with um, a very inspiring group called Get Paper Industries, GPI. Um, for 23 years now and we source a whole range of lovely handmade paper products from them um, and so we, we went to visit GPI to meet the people who work there who are mainly women um, who have come to GPI because they've really had difficult things in their lives and GPI has been a bit of a lifeline um, but also we GPI do um, a whole range of social outreach projects so we were able to visit some of those projects too. Fantastic, great. That all sounds brilliant, but I want to know about your low light now. <laughs> well, low light, well. Low light, or funniest moment, like, good case. Sounds yeah. like you can laugh about it now. <laughs> well, we did have one uh, day, it was a very, very long day, um, and the plan was in the late afternoon to visit um, a tree planting project, the GPI run. Um, Kathmandu, which is where GPI are based, is one of the most polluted cities in the world. And so GPI are planting trees there. Um, as a way of producing some more oxygen, but also as an educational project so people can become aware of in, environmental issues. So we were really excited about visiting this tree planting area. Um, but unfortunately, all of the roads had been rebuilt and uh, it took us so long to find it. We'd be going along all these bumpy tracks and then we'd just come to a huge pipeline straight across oh, the road oh, where some no. unexpected building had been going on. Oh. We'd turn round, go down another track and then we'd come to a big mound of gravel or a oh. channel. And we just thought, we, we did at one point say, will it just be quicker to get out and walk? Mm. Um, but about... 
three hours later, finally, we reached the tree planting area just as the sun was going down. <laughs> so it was actually, it was an amazing thing to be there at sunset. We didn't really see it in great daylight in all its glory, but uh, yeah, we, we were able to laugh about that afterwards. Brilliant. <laughs> and what was your highlight? What will you remember most about the trip? Well, lots of incredibly memorable things, but I think um, I mentioned the fact that people are so warm. And we, we met some um, amazing people called Suvash and Muna, who were from um, a, a lower caste community. They, they have a, a caste system sort of still uh, happening in Nepal. Um, and these people, uh, this family had, had moved from the hills, had kind of been driven off their land into a, a small town. And the only way they could really live was to create a shelter by a river and try and make a living by um, hauling stones out of the river and bashing them up with a hammer and then selling them as building materials. Um, and they barely scraped enough of a, living, of a living to have rice and food for their family. So they are incredibly uh, poor people. Um, but they were just so welcoming and so lovely. Um, and we actually kind of had a real connection with them because we spent a, a good three or four hours with them during which there was a massive rain shower. Um, it was the beginning of the monsoon. Oh. And so they invited us into their home, which was this kind of real, you know, uh, horrible little shelter, really. But when we went inside, it felt like we'd been properly invited in as guests. We sat on their two wooden beds they had there. Um, we played with the kids. We would have shown them off phones and showing them our photos of our families and all this kind of thing and it was just a lovely moment to kind of make that kind of connection I guess a reminder that we're all coming from very different backgrounds we all have different levels of you know advantage or disadvantage in life but um, at the end of the day we're all people and you know I think those connections are really special so that was a big highlight. And um, we're over a year on now, actually, from the earthquake in Nepal um, and the subsequent border blockades that have sort of caused and, and really continue to cause so many problems for, for Nepalis. Um, what do you think is the best way for Tradecraft and our supporters to be responding to these problems? Yeah, I mean, the earthquake, is that was the big thing we were interested in. How, how is Nepal recovering? You know, it was in, all over our news for... Uh, at the time, it was um, April 2015, so just over a year ago. Um, what struck us was that actually uh, not much repair has happened in that time. Um, and there's a whole number of reasons for that, not least lack of money and resources. Um, but we, we went to some of the most affected areas in Bhaktapur and we walked around and we talked to people whose houses had been destroyed and who were just trying to kind of... Um, repair their lives and um, pick up the pieces afterwards. Um, in fact, the the solutions that people are looking for are really long-term solutions. So yes, they do need to rebuild houses, but what they really need is a is a future. Um, and so actually, things like education, employment, that's really going to be what what helps people to recover fully and to be able to look at a brighter future. Um, so it was really good to visit some of the projects that GPI are running because lots of them are about schools and education so even though I think here in, in the UK we can think let's give some money to help people have a shelter really the long-term solution people need is, is better education and the, and the chance to work their way into a brighter future so it was it was really good to see that the links that Tradecraft has in Nepal are making a big difference and to people who were affected by the earthquake. Excellent.
Well, they both sound like incredible trips. It sounds like you've really had a fantastic time, both of you. So yeah, we've been great. really privileged to go yeah. and see these amazing places and hopefully we'll be able to share some of the films and the stories um, that we of people that we met in the, in the months to come. Fantastic. I've got one final question that I want both of you to answer and it's a big one. Um, so I'll ask it right after this short break. You're listening to the Tradecraft Podcast, brought to you by tradecraftshop.co.uk. Okay, welcome back to the Tradecraft Podcast. Kate and Larry, are you ready for the final and probably the most important question? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so what is the one thing that you've taken away from your, from your experience that you wish everybody could know? What do you want our listeners to kind of take away from what you said? Kate, we'll start with you. Um, I think for me, it's just the the huge direct impact that fair trade employment has on people's daily lives um, in these developing countries. So I think certainly in the in the UK, we take for granted how lucky we really are um, just to have basic things like healthcare and schools and um, you know clean water and a, a roof out over our heads. So I think seeing um, the difference that it can make to people and families um, really had a massive impact on me and I wish that everyone could experience it yeah. at least once. Yeah. Larry, what about you? What's your takeaway thing? I think for me, uh, meeting people like Suvash and Muna, it brings alive what, what Trogrot is doing because we, uh, we work with some amazingly inspiring groups like GPI and by buying from them, we buy some fantastic products, which gives a connection, but we also enable them to do some incredible work. And they really understand the problems in their environment. They understand the pool so well. And they actually are able to target some of the poorest people around. And so I think it was, for me, it was really, it was a reminder of how far um, Tradecraft's work goes to really help some of the poorest people um, in countries like Nepal and, and all around the world. And it, that really means so much to those people as well. They feel that people somewhere in a distant country called the UK, yeah. they may not even know we're here, but they feel like oh, someone cares about them. So for them, it really it creates hope. Um, and that, that is so important mm. when you're living a, a tough, challenging life to feel that sense of hope. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, fair enough. I think people could probably take that away and that would be uh, really, really important. Both of those things would be really important. Kind of people to yeah. Feel like. yeah, definitely. So, I have some really sad news. Today is Abby's last podcast. <laughs> She's leaving Tradecraft for Pastures New. Um, and that is sad news, but there's also a positive element to it because you're going to do something pretty exciting, aren't you, Abby? I am. I am. Yes. Um, I'm going to go and coordinate Hartlepool Food Bank, uh, which is completely different to what I've been doing in Tradecraft, yeah, yeah. completely different. Um, but there'll be a lot of kind of volunteer management, um, a lot of sort of networking and trying to kind of build the profile of the food bank in Hartlepool, which is a really, um, quite a poor area. Um, and so the, the, the food bank is, is quite busy usually. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to getting started, but I'm really, really sad to leave Tradecraft. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm going to cry now. Yeah. 
Well, we're really, really sad to see you go, but it does sound like a really interesting and important uh, work that you're going to be doing in Hartlepool, so we really wish you all the best for that. But we don't make it easy for presenters and guests uh, who are leaving us, so we we have decided to set you a little challenge um, as part of your parting gift before you leave. So, I've got some quick-fire questions for you, and we want some speedy but heartfelt (laughs) answers. So, some questions will be more serious, and others will be less so, but what we want is an honest answer. So, just give us the first thing that pops into your head. Oh, no. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Okay. right. So, first question. If you had a pet lizard... Lizard? A lizard? Yeah. What would you call it? Um... Well, I used to have a pet lizard, actually, when I was little. Yeah, I did. When I was little, we caught it. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. Um, but yeah, it was called Stumpy. Stumpy. So I, I could never call another one Stumpy, could I? That would be... Yeah. So it would have to be like... Um, I quite like sort of the name Thor for a lizard. Oh, I think that's, oh, that's quite great. a good lizard yeah. name. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Good. Yeah. And you do know pets, you don't have to catch the animals. There are <laughs> reputable dealers. I don't have reputable places that you can go for those things. Yeah. Well, I like um, this name, just Good, I like it. Okay, so a more serious question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been oh. given? Oh, my word. Um, I th- oh, actually, some advice that's quite pertinent to getting a new job is um, only regret the things that you do. Don't regret the things that you don't do, because mm. you'll regret that a lot more. Do things you. and then There's regret things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only regret things when you've done them. Okay. I think that's yeah. quite good advice. So go for it. <laughs> go for it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Don't turn down an opportunity. Yeah, good advice. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, right. Um, we're getting kind of sporty themed now. Oh, so, yeah. which do you prefer, football or rugby? Oh, um, to be honest, I find all sport really, really dull. But um, <laughs> I prefer rugby. I would say rugby of those slightly shorter matches. So. <laughs> and it's a lot more interesting. So you, you must be interesting. really enjoying the Euros at oh, the moment. Oh, it's right? so fun. <laughs> Three so matches rugby. a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rugby for rugby shortness. Is, right. Rugby for okay. shortness Good. and interest. Yeah. Definitely. So we can <laughs> think about the podcast now with this next question. Who do you think is the best guest we've had on the podcast? Oh, um, apart from Kate, oh, apart from Kate, <laughs> apart from Kate, obviously, Kate's exactly. We, yeah, we've had such a lot of fantastic guests, haven't we? I think the one that really sticks in my mind was Mona from Fair Trade Egypt. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just, I've, I've never experienced someone so positive in such a difficult and such a kind of challenging situation, and you know, she's she's so inspirational mm. to try and you know fight against all those odds to promote something that's so important and make such a difference to the people that she works with. I felt so inspired after we'd spoken to her and mm, mm. found out a little bit more about what she does. And so she, I think, was probably my, my favourite guest. She's so inspirational yeah. and enthusiastic yeah, and she was. motivated. She yeah. was great. Good that's choice. Good <laughs> Sorry, everyone else. So can you think back to your school days for a minute? Which was your favourite subject at school? Oh, Quite a long time ago. Um, my favourite subject was history. I was a bit of a history geek. Yeah, and then I did archaeology at uni, which um, was a lot more sciencey than I thought it was going to be, which is probably the reason I'm not an archaeologist. But yeah, history was definitely my favourite. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. So I want you to try and hold your emotions in check for this next answer. What will you miss most about working at Tradecraft? Oh dear. Um, I guess probably everyone says this, but I'll miss the people. 
Oh. I'll miss everybody who's here. I think the people are the thing that makes Traycraft what it is. Oh, I'm actually going to cry. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. No, the people are the, are the thing that, that yeah. makes Traycraft yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. It's such a lovely place to work. Yeah. And I've made some really brilliant friends. Um, and I'm just, I'm really going to miss everybody. And the free tea. I'm going to miss the free tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is we'll still be here. Yeah, so you can be, come back yeah. and visit. I know. Yeah. And I can come to the shop. It'll be all fine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to distract you with another sporty question because we know how much you love sport now. But the big question is, will England win Euro 2016? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I think I got, well, I got France in our office sweepstake. So I'm really hoping that France win. Oh yeah, that's but a good choice. I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. I'm not convinced yeah. about England, I'm afraid. I don't Sorry, I'm going to debate that one. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, <laughs> final question. What is your advice for whoever takes your place as the Tradecraft podcast presenter? Oh, gosh. Um, have fun. Have fun. It's really fun. Don't worry about making mistakes because we've got an excellent editor. <laughs> we can yeah, always enjoy. edit them out. Yeah. It's It's... Yeah, it's just a really fun thing to do and just really enjoy it. Enjoy learning more about different parts of Tradecraft that you hadn't really thought about much before and just enjoy it. It's still brilliant. That would be my answer. Well, Abby, you have passed the test. Oh, good. Uh, and I think we have learned some interesting things about you there as well, if we didn't know, oh, including go. catching pet lizards. <laughs> um, a child, child, I think. <laughs> So we really do wish you all the best oh, in the future. Thank you so much. And for one final time, would you like to just sign us out of the show? Okay. Oh, we really hope that you've enjoyed listening to this landmark 10th episode of this fine podcast. I've, I've really, really enjoyed being a part of it. So thank you for being such a lovely co-host, Larry. It's been great. Thank you. Um, all that's left to say is goodbye from Kate. Goodbye. And a farewell from Larry. Goodbye. And one final goodbye from me. Thank you for listening.